0: That. As we launch into the message, uh, I ask that you would uh, pray with me, real quick. Father, thanks for once again for the opportunity to be here, for to be with each other, and to be with you. And I ask that you would uh, focus us. That you would help me to focus with what you want to do here in this time, in this place. And you would help each one of us to be present, to be present and engage with you. What a privilege it is to do so. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, I made an observation over the last few years about modern television. And one of the things that I think modern TV shows are missing are the beauty and the art of the TV theme song. They just, TV shows just don't have them anymore. You remember, uh, um, what would they do, baby, without us? Anybody? 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 Family ties. Good, good, good. Okay, I got a real. I didn't do this first service, but I got a real unique one for you. See if anybody can get this one. Uh, look at what's happened to me. Hey, you guys nailed it. That's awesome. Suddenly I'm up on top of the world. Okay, this turned into a party. Uh, okay, here's a modern one. See how quickly you can get this one. Nightville. We got a. We got a. We got an addict over there. Nice work. Nice work. My wife's not a real big fan when I did that. I love to do it. I think because I can't play bass very well. So at least if I go, bat, 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 bat then I, I think I can. Okay, one more. And this is the purpose. was this last one. One more. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. You're all over that. Okay, here's the deal. That life is just like the facts of life intro. You take the good, you take the bad. There you have life. Life has both good and bad. That's where we're going this morning. If you're new with us, we're in a year-long series looking at God's overall whole shebang story, and that right now we're in the section of the story that is happening right now, our unwritten story in the grand timeline of the human existence. Right now we're talking about our role in that story. It's not just a story that we get to read about and think about and study. Wow, that's fascinating that that happened over there. We are part of the story, and we're looking at our unwritten portion of that journey. And this whole year as we've been doing that, we've been looking at character, getting into character, and how does God want to develop our character, want to work on our character. Now, each one of our personalities, each one of our characters has both good and bad stuff. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have your character. That's, that's who you are. When you... Uh, think about a favorite story of yours. Perhaps it's a favorite novel or a movie or some story in some other form. Typically, the main characters are not going to be perfect. A good writer is going to bring some flaws, some imperfections into the writing of that character to make the character believable, to make the character real, because life is not perfect. Life has both good and bad. So you're Typical tough guy in a story is often going to have some quirky thing. Maybe he is afraid of spiders. Or maybe your beautiful, have-it-all-together woman, you realize later in the story, is afraid of becoming a mom, and she just doesn't think that's going to work out for her. And that becomes a part of her character, and that makes her more real. That the good guys and gals, the good characters, they have some bad qualities or some imperfections. And so often in our stories that the bad guys have something likable about them, so often. And it's what makes them real. It's what makes the, us, us enter into the story more easily because life involves both good and bad pieces. You take the good, you take the bad. I've, in, I've titled this morning, Staying in Character, Because as we go after our quest, as we identify, God, what do you want to do with my unwritten story? What is the quest that you're inviting me into? As we go after that, we don't have to look like everybody else and say, okay, what are Christians supposed to do here in this situation? What are Christians supposed to look like, act like, dress? What kind of glasses are they supposed to wear? Uh, we don't have to do that. We don't have to compare ourselves to one another in in that way, that we are on a unique quest, unique journey. So we can stay in our character. That that we don't that you don't have to be all good. Because the reality is you're not all that good. And the good news is you're not all that bad. See, because life, every part of it, there's good and there's bad in every person. There's isn't that another song? there is good and bad in everyone. Okay, Uh, uh, there's this kind of theme that that, that we kind of embrace in our world that in every person there is this good and this this bad piece. Now the good stuff, that's the easy one. That's the one that we like about ourselves. That's the one that we want to present first. That's the one that people like about us. Oh, you all, thanks. I appreciate that. And so the good stuff, that's easy. But what do we do with the bad stuff? How do we respond to it? How do we handle that? How do we manage that as we continue to develop and grow our character? And where I want to go at today with regard to the good and bad stuff is the point I want to make this morning is embrace your bad self. Embrace your bad self. And here's what I mean by that is that there's, there's two kinds of bad and both of these bads need to be embraced in two different ways. There's the bad that is sin, that is offensive to God, and there's the bad that is not sin. It's not sin. It's just maybe stuff we don't like about ourselves. First of all, the bad that is, that is sin, it's anything that is hurtful to others, to God, to ourselves, anything that gets in the way of Jesus' summary of all the law and the prophets. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others. Love your neighbor as yourself. Anything that is bad that gets in the way of God's plan of loving him and loving others, that's something that we need to bring into the light. Say, okay, this is not helping me. It's not helping the community. It's not helping the body of Christ. Bring it into the light. Embrace your bad self and do something about it. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But then there's the other kind of Bad part about us, maybe the part we don't like, but it's stuff that's not sin. It's maybe stuff we don't like about ourselves, but it's not sin. Let me give you an example. Marsh and I, Marsh Hall, the worship pastor, we went for lunch this week, and we went in the building complex where Trader Joe's is, you know, on the corner of Chandler and 40th, just right up there. He drove, and when we were finished, we were heading back to the church. And so he goes north out of the parking lot, and he turns right on Chandler, which, if you kind of think geographically, that's in the exact opposite direction of, of where the church is. Now, I know the code. I'm a, I've been a guy for, for a number of years, and I know the code <laughs> that many of our wives still haven't quite gotten, okay? And it's the code that you never tell a guy how to drive, or where to turn, or challenging. She says, where are you going? And all that kind of stuff. I get the code. Unless somebody's in the process of delivering a baby, you don't uh, go after those things. So, so I'm, I'm in the car with him, and we're just driving, and we get to uh, 48th Street. <laughs> and it's at that point that I finally and respectfully say, so where are we going? That's, that's a reasonable question. So that, that's an okay question to ask a guy. Guy, is that okay to just be asked? So where are we going? Because I'm not assuming you're wrong or bad. I'm just asking a question. So so I asked the question, and that's when Marsh realized, oh, we're not on Ray Road. See, he thought we were on Ray Road, where he would just go east. That's my perspective. I'll do your perspective. He thought we were on Ray Road where we could go east, then go down I-10, and then on Pecos back over to the church, and that would be the the quick path home. But no, we weren't on Ray Road. We were on Chandler. And if you remember on Chandler, you can't turn right onto I-10 and then get back onto Pecos. So what he did is he went past (laughs) I-10 to 56th Street. Because knowing 50 Strick Street would take you all the way up to Ray so that you could then turn right and get back onto I-10 and then come back over here to the church. So our quick little trip from Trader Joe's to Mountain Park Community Church went right past Z Tejas. That was the journey there. We were laughing. We were having a great time. We had to stop for gas. Now, Marsha's directional issues are not a sin. They're not good, but they're not a sin. See, see how that can fit? There's some things about us that are not good, but they're not necessarily a sin. There are some things about ourselves that we don't like, some things that we think are bad or not good about ourselves. Maybe we're more clumsy than we'd like to be. That's not a sin. Maybe we're more shy than what we'd like to be, or maybe we don't have abilities that we wish we had. Maybe we're intellectually smart, but but we're emotionally distant from people that we want to connect more with. And that's hard. That's just kind of a, a part of the way our brain works, and we want to work on that, but it's not a sin to struggle with some of those things. There are also parts of ourselves Maybe we don't see as bad, but others see as bad. And so maybe you've got tattoos, and others kind of look down on that, or maybe family members kind of look, oh, yeah, that's another tattoo, or the whole thing. And others think that's a sin. Maybe there are times where you drop a few colorful words in your line of business or in your world, and you drop. We're not talking about, about offending God, kind of you know using God's name in vain stuff. We're talking about some of the other colorful words, and they pop out every once in a while, and 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 maybe that's kind of part of your journey. And you're, just, how, 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 where's that on the whole bad scale? Maybe you have a drink every once in a while. And you like having a beer. You like having a glass of wine. Or, and I'm not talking about uh, drunkenness. The Bible's pretty clear, uh, being against that, very clear about that. But I'm talking about some of these other things that are, that are who you are, maybe some of these things that you don't like about yourself that are bad or that others don't like about you or struggle with you, or, but they're not sin as you understand it. What, what do we do with those things? And once again, I think that it's okay to embrace our bad self. I think sometimes it, it can be helpful for us to, 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 to learn and to realize as we are striving for developing our character that there are some parts of us that we don't have to put the pressure on ourselves to, to fix or to make perfect. You don't have to make that stuff perfect because you're never going to get there. You're not perfect. Every one of us has both good and bad parts to us. And the bad stuff, let's embrace our bad self. If it's sin, do something about it. If it's not, maybe it's just part of your character. And it's okay for you to stay in character, be yourself, be unique as you go about your journey. I want to look at a few verses in the Old Testament in the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is found right in the middle of the Bible. It's in an area described as the wisdom literature. And if you open your Bible right to the middle, you'll probably land somewhere around Psalms. And if you find Psalm, just go to the right. You'll hit Proverbs, and then Ecclesiastes is right after that. Again, it's all part of this wisdom literature in our Old Testament. In Ecclesiastes, for some, this is a favorite book. It's a very challenging, a fascinating book. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 15 is what I'm looking at. Ecclesiastes 7.15 begins, in this meaningless life of mine. Let me pause just real briefly here for those of you who are not familiar with Ecclesiastes. This is a a time of frustration for this writer trying to find the the meaning of life. And this, this word meaningless is translated a number of different ways. It can be translated as vanity or vapor, that that the fleeting kind of smallness of life is frustrating and struggling for this writer but despite the frustration it doesn't mean his observations are wrong he's frustrated but he brings out great observations about us about humanity i have seen both of these a righteous man perishing in his righteousness and a wicked man living long in his wickedness do not be over righteous neither be over wise why destroy yourself Do not be over wicked and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? It is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. The man who fears God will avoid all extremes. He's talking about about good and bad stuff. He says, avoid all extremes. Do not be over righteous. Do not be over wicked. Now, we are over righteous when we think that we're all good and there's no bad, when we think that of ourselves, that can be a terribly destructive thing for us. And it can send a terribly destructive message to those around us. One of the most troubling things for those who are, who are outside of the church or, see, or those who are seeking or those who are perhaps interested in who Christ is, one of the biggest struggles that they might have is that Christians are overly righteous that they think they're right all the time, and they're judgmental on other folks. It can be a terrible turnoff for those that we're trying to love and invite into the life-saving story of Jesus Christ. Because what happens when we judge others is we say, I'm right, and you're wrong. I'm good, and you're bad. I'm righteous, and you're not. And when we enter into conversations that way, That just leads to disagreements, it leads to fights, it leads to separation. When we enter into relationships with that kind of rigidity, or as the writer here says, with with those kinds of extremes, and we say, he is bad because he watches too much football. Period. He's just bad. She is bad because she flirts with everyone she interacts with period. There's no kind of middle ground there. There's just, it's just absolutely wrong. When we start having those kind of righteous thoughts, it stops the conversation. It stops us from moving into reconciliation, from meeting in the middle somewhere and saying, okay, what part of you desires that? Maybe there's a part of that that is not sin, that seems bad to me, but it's not sin. Let's talk about it and work with it. Let's embrace our bad selves and see what we can do with this. But then a writer of Ecclesiastes also says, do not be over wicked. And this is where we see ourselves as all bad and no good. And this is dishonoring to our creator. This is when we forget whose we are. We forget in whose image we have been created. God doesn't make junk. So it's offensive to him when we get to that point of viewing ourselves as as all bad. That's just not accurate. It's just not fair to the one who created us. So the writer here says, avoid all extremes. Now, he's not saying limit your moral character. He's not saying, okay, in terms of of being overrighteous, don't work too hard at developing your character. That is not what he's saying. Uh, uh, In fact, go for it. He says, uh, verse 18 here he says, it is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. In terms of moral character, character development, go for it. Allow the Holy Spirit to go into every nook and cranny as he sees fit to develop areas of your life. Go for it, go for it, go for it. When we land in the overrighteous category, that's when we think we've arrived. Boom, we're done. Very few of us here in the room have the initials J.C., and I think none were born of a virgin. And so we can kind of wipe that off from the option for us. Don't be over-righteous because you're not that good. Don't be over-wicked because you're not that bad. A- avoid all extremes because there's good and bad in each of our characters. Embrace the bad stuff. There's a book by... Uh, Henry Cloud that I picked up this week, I know some of you are familiar with some of his stuff, and he, uh, uh, this one particular book is about maturing, it's about uh, developing our character and maturing into adulthood, and I forgot how great this book was uh, until I was rereading some sections of it this week. It's entitled Changes That Heal, and in my opinion, I really, I'm not a fan of the title. I don't like the title, because uh, I never remember the title, because I don't think the title accurately reflects what's happening in the book, because it's really not about healing, it's about maturity and moving into adulthood, which in and of itself, me not liking the title is interesting because, because the part of the book is about everybody has good and bad, so the book is good, but the title is bad. There's kind of a thing right, right there off the bat, before you even open the thing. Okay, so Henry Cloud is a psychologist and a devout follower of Christ, and he, he does a masterful job of blending his psychology and his understanding of theology into understanding humanity and our character development. What he does in this book is he identifies four areas that every person needs to grow in in order to be a mature adult, and that some adults don't get one or more of these areas, and it continues to be a struggle for them. Now, I invite you to read the book. I've listed it in in your handout if you want to give it a shot, but uh, for three of them, you're going to have to check out on your own, but I want to talk with you about one of them the third of the four areas that he talks about in this book where he, he talks about the problem with good and bad and that some uh, have, have two, have, they separate good and bad too much and they don't allow each person, they don't allow our world to have both good and bad, that people are either good or people are bad. There is a clear-cut distinction. Boom, the good and the bad. But the world isn't split up into that way. It isn't split up in the good people sit here, and the bad people sit over here. That's not the way we are. That's not how our characters are. I made an observation this week with my wife, and uh, we have a female dog, and I notice that whenever she's unhappy with the dog, she calls her Mr., and so uh, she'll say, you better not bring that into my house, mister. But then when she's happy with the dog, she says, oh, you're a good girl. You're a good girl. And so I kind of make this up. Do you have an issue with men? and we-? See, it's not that men are bad and women are good. That's not fair. That's not, that's not maturity looking at life that way. See, it's not good people and bad people, but that there is good and bad in each of our characters. So here's what Henry Cloud does. Is he, he talks about uh, child psychology a little bit, saying that a child, a baby, a, a tiny one, only understands all good or all bad. The world, mommy, daddy, is either all good or all bad. That when mommy is, is rocking baby, and or feeding baby and singing to baby, mommy's all good. It's all good. But when mommy can't take care of the the pain in the tummy and, and all that, then mommy is bad, and the world is bad, and daddy is bad, and the baby will let everyone know for about an hour. Bad. Everything is bad. And what happens with a child who grows up is, is a child, it's, a, it's an important developmental process for the child to understand that the one who is loving also has moments of being bad. The one who is good has moments that are that are not good, okay? So this mom who loves me at times doesn't know how to take care of me or feed me or give me exactly what I want in that moment. And the maturing process is going, okay, I can tolerate the bad when it's connected with enough good. That a child learns as long as there's enough good and love and safety in the home, a child learns in a healthy way to tolerate the bad. And that's an important developmental process. And that many people, perhaps some in this room, struggled early on because there was way too much bad and not enough good in the developmental process. And when that happens, then a child uh, questions how good and bad can coexist. And so uh, that child has a hard time believing that there is good that is attached to the bad because there's so much bad They hope for good, but they just, all they see is bad. On the other hand, a child may have all good and no bad. If a parent gives a child everything the child needs instantly and stops it from crying and, and, oh, you want one of those? Great, we'll give you two. This is called spoiling and the whole kind of deal. Then a child doesn't have any experience with bad. And then when that child gets older, kind of just going, "I, I don't get bad. I get good. I understand good. I got a lot of good. But I don't understand how to tolerate bad in the midst of good. Does that make any sense? If it doesn't, read the book. <laughs> He's a lot smarter than I am. But it's this blending of, of the good and the bad. And I think this shows up in this, these verses that I read here in Ecclesiastes. The, the, the first verse 15, the writer says. I've seen both of these, a righteous man perishing in his righteousness and a wicked man living long in his wickedness. This is just another way of saying the classic struggle for many with God. How do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people? And the writer says, I've seen it. There is good and bad in this world. Our world is full of both good and bad. And it's a maturing, it's a character development issue for us to be able to embrace our bad self in the middle of celebrating the goodness, the good stuff. Now, some people, some adults, perhaps as a result of what happened through childhood, some adults have a hard time embracing both the good and the bad in other people. And so uh, the way that shows up is they seek perfection in relationships, in their spouse, in their job, perhaps in their church. And when those persons don't live up to expectations, then boom, instead of embracing both good and bad in a mature way, that person goes from good to bad. They can't coexist, so that person is not good enough, and so that person is bad. I've got to move on to a new relationship, a new job, a new church. And there isn't this health and strength of being able to say, there's good and bad in all situations. Can I handle it? Can I move through that? then there are other adults, or perhaps the same adults who have who struggle with embracing good and bad in in themselves, struggle with embracing uh, good and bad in in their own journeys, and this is where we hide our bad stuff. This is where we say okay." I, I'm either good or I'm bad. I want to be good, so I've got to hide all bad stuff. This is sometimes referred to as the poser or the, the, um, the false self, where one will say, I am going to, uh, to, in public, I'm going to put on a mask, and I'm going to have my ideal self, only the good stuff, so that everyone sees this good version of me, because I can't handle having the bad stuff be revealed. I can't embrace that so I'm just going to do the good stuff, this is all me, look how good I am, absolutely hiding all the bad stuff. And then in private, that's the only place where finally I can take off this mask, wow, that was a lot of work. And then it's only in private where the bad stuff comes out. And when the bad stuff only comes out in private, then it's secret and it has tremendous power over our lives. That's why there's power in embracing our bad stuff and being able to get it out in the open so that it does not have all that power. That's where we get the classic question, who are you when no one's looking? Who are you when you get to take off that mask and you are your real self? Are are you staying in character? Is your character consistent? Are you the same person there in private that you are in public? Are you, are you the same person when you go on a four-day business trip as you are when you go on a mission trip with a bunch of other people from the church? Are you the same person? Are you staying in character? Are you the same person when you have a bunch of time alone by yourself as you are when you're surrounded by people who love you most or know you best? Are you the, are you the same person there? You are both good and bad. And there's health in embracing our bad stuff and being open and honest about it. See, you are a good friend to people. And at times, you're a bad friend. You're a good parent. And at times, you're a bad parent. I'm reminded of this so painfully in my journey. There are days where Tammy and I, we look at our kids I know I've said this before, but it's just so consistent for me. We look at our kids and think, we are good parents. Man, look at them. And then there are days where we just go, oh, my goodness, we have messed them up already. We have messed them up, and there's no turning back. Lord, help us. I mean, it is just absolutely both, both ways. We are both good and bad parents. You are both a good person and a bad person. Celebrate the good stuff gallop with the good stuff and embrace the bad stuff, whether it's sin or not. And there's different ways of of embracing it. God wants us in the the community, in the body of Christ, he wants us to remove the masks. He wants us to take those off to, to, to not walk around with our false self, to be real with one another. And the irony and the tragedy of it is that this place, this gathering of, of followers of Christ and those who are considering the truths of Jesus Christ, this gathering, this here, right here, can be the most difficult place to be real. I think that breaks the heart of God. I mean, it, this can be one of the most difficult places to struggle with false, with our ideal self or our real self. I might on a Sunday be talking about the power of God and boom, I am talking about Scripture that is so clearly highlighting the power of God, and it's connecting with some of you, but that very week, the whole week, I've been frustrated and struggling with something that's this small, and I'm not allowing the power of God to move into this space for me. Ideal self, real self. It's just complicated in here. Or maybe I'm excited about the prophet Isaiah And his role in the whole shebang and the fact that he shows up as both both pre-exilic and post-exilic. And what a significant part of the story he plays. And I'm so excited about this significant role in the whole shebang. And all you're thinking about is that last night you were on Facebook with an inappropriate relationship with an old flame. And you're not sure how to do that, how to handle that, how to get through that. There's There's this ideal self and this false self. Here in this place, maybe you're in a a D group or a small group. We say D group for doing life together. And maybe you've been in one for five years and you love the people in that group and you meet every week and you get together consistently, faithfully, hundreds of times over the last five years. And nobody in that group knows that your marriage is hanging on by a thread because it doesn't show up in that group. That's the place where it should be showing up. And it doesn't. And that's tragic. Paul is a writer of much of our New Testament. And in Romans chapter 7, he takes off his mask. He models what it's like to reveal the real self. And it's just this great section in Romans chapter 7 where he goes on for numerous verses saying, What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And he just goes in, with such great honesty and realness. And then in the next chapter, the very next chapter, after all of this real stuff, he starts chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, saying, Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This should be the easiest place for us to be real. This should be the absolute easiest place for us to be real because there is no condemnation. And if you feel judged here in this place, that's not your issue. That's the the one who's judging you. That's, that's, That's absolute sin on whoever's judging you. If it's me, whoever, that is not what the community of God is supposed to be about. Paul goes on to talk about the role of of Jesus, that God sent Jesus to fulfill the requirements of the law so that we don't have to be all good, that Jesus was perfect so that we don't have to be perfect. And so, therefore, as we look at our character, we can embrace the good stuff and the bad stuff. Embrace your bad self. And if your bad stuff is not sin, then maybe you need to relieve some of the pressure you've been putting on yourself. It's maybe stuff that you don't like about yourself or others don't like about you and say, you know, that, that's not sin. That's, that's who I am. That's my character. But then there's the stuff, embrace your bad stuff in terms of the sin part as well. If there's, embrace your bad stuff in terms of the, the parts that are, that are offensive to God, hurting God, hurting others, and do something about it. Do something about it. Don't just, don't just let it continue to corrode who you are. Maybe this morning is the time for you to come up to the cross and take one of these red cards. We do this um, on a regular basis after our celebration. We have a number of different options here in the room. And you can come up for unassisted prayer here or light a candle and bring the light of Christ into some area of your life. You can uh, be prayed for healing and anointing over here to the right. We've got communion in the center. We've got assisted prayer over over there on the corners. And then over here, this is all listed in your program if you're new with us. But over here, you can come to the cross and you can say, okay, this piece, this is part of my bad self that I want to embrace today because it's sin and I want to let it go. I want to be bold enough in knowing that in this place there is no condemnation because Christ was perfect, so we don't have to be. And you can write it on that card, and you can leave it here today. You can leave it here today. Would you stand as we close, and I'd love to pray with you. And then we're going to do a couple songs and give you an opportunity to respond. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us despite our bad stuff. Thank you that you know we're not perfect and that you embrace us just the way we are. I pray that we would remember here in this moment that there is no condemnation, that when we are honest about our real selves, about our bad stuff, that we can set it before you and you so lovingly want to help us out with it. Father, I pray that you would protect us from misunderstanding your grace and seeing this as permission to keep on sinning. God, would you just protect us from that? If it's not sin, then maybe it's just who we are. If it is sin, God, would you give us the power to move through it? In these next few moments, we want to connect with you. Come, come, touch our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.